0: Pastor Bolden was honest and transparent and let us know that that the merger that they were working on didn't work. So not necessarily we want to invest the time in that. What we're talking about is diversity, and certainly what Doug and Melvin has done has been diverse. So I'm not going to throw any question out, but I'm going to ask our panel here to just open up and, uh, and talk for a moment, maybe, maybe a little bit of, a, what's the word I want, kind of a reflective uh, sense of what they've heard and what they feel is going on. And once again, I confess to you that what we've heard this morning is an organic thing that's happening in CMI. We obviously have to agree it's a God thing, but what you t- testified to and what you're experiencing is a God thing. Uh that he's done something that against the odds is working. And, uh, and that's really sort of something we celebrate and we rejoice in. But what, what's the sense that you're picking up? And let me I'm going to ask Ben, you're probably one of the younger guys on, on the panel today. You, you, you're working in an environment of multicultural, you know, as particularly with uh, Narrowgate. You know, and working with uh, addiction, uh, with people that are in that area, and I'm sure you've got several cultures that you've been dealing with. As you listened and heard, and we're looking at the issue of unity and diversity, what what's reflective in your in your heart and mind?
1: Yeah. You know, I think uh, from my perspective, you know, uh, and I'm Pastor David. Challenge Minister um, up there. So, you know, crossing cultural and generational boundaries uh, can be easy. You know, um, when I went to Michigan, I was really young as a student and went through the program. But, you know, there was uh, it can be really easy when, like what Pastor Doug is talking about, that you know, the, the goal in mind is love. It's agape. The goal in mind is unity. The goal in mind is, man, I'm, you know, it's no big eyes. And nobody uses. So how can we bless each other? How can we walk with each other? And, you know, I want to learn. Um, I was, you know, um, raised in the country on a farm with a construction father, you know. And I, I have a testimony. I was on the streets and drugs and the whole thing. So I was exposed to a lot of different culture at a young age. But, man, I, some of my greatest experiences. We're hanging out with really old black guys, you know, African-American guys. My first mother got to gene challenge. One of my best friends was um, Richard Sharkey, and he'd walk through, and, and I'm like, man, I've never heard that worship song. So he would just stop and be like, um, uh, sing some, you know, gospel song. i like, man, he's so teaching me these songs, and we're just, you know, let's worship, let's pray together, man. That's just, I think it can be really easy in a lot of regards if you just take all the, Other stuff out of your mind, and it's like, man, I just love you. I want to get to know you. And so, some of those early experiences that I had, you know, have now even shaped into ministry now. And I think the organizational ministry versus the relational ministry is a huge aspect that helps us cross those barriers. Because I'm not wanting to pastor you, I'm wanting to be your brother, I'm wanting to be a friend, I'm wanting to. You know, get to know you and love on you, and I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your calls. I want to understand. You know, and um, I think that is a lot of, and some of the stuff that we do in Narrowgate and in Simple Truth. We, I mean, we had we have a crew with us. We're clowns half the time. We, we have fun. We, we were at Mickey D's last night, tearing it up, having fun. You know, eating cheeseburgers, and uh, you know what I mean. Like that to me. You know, I've been around denominational ministry, and it's too stuffy, and it's like all you know. Official. we're always talking about theology. Let's talk about bacon. We were joking about bacon yesterday, you know? But I think just, just doing life together and, and like that has helped, I think, cross a lot of the, the barriers. Um, also, you know, being respectful and being intentional to learn. Um, you know, uh, I've been uh, I think somebody mentioned yesterday about being kind of a speckle, being the white guy. And I've been in those you know, circles where I'm the white guy and, and uh, you know, really, and, and being in very close relationship uh, with African American, I want to learn. I want to know. I want to hear what to say, what not to say, what offense. And, and I appreciate you hearing me of what, you know, and uh, just understanding the differences. Um, uh, my spiritual mom, for a long time, um, we talk about, um, you know, the differences in culture and how we communicate. And um, i to joke around with her. I'm like, did you say that to a white woman? She, she would be absolutely offended. You know, there's no getting around that. But she's like, that's just the way we talk. That's just the way we communicate. And I'm like, I like that. I'm blunt, bottom line. We can get, I can get down with that. Let's, let's talk. Let's be real. Let's say what needs to be said. Let's get it out. Um, and so, you know, just understand those cultures. When I'm in that arena, I can talk that way. Um, when I'm in a different arena, if I'm ministering to an older white female, I need to know who I'm ministering to. And just learning that as a pastor and as a leader, of who I'm talking, who's my audience? We do it with youth ministry. We do it with you know different types of ministry. I think the cultural diversity mindset needs to be that we need to do this culturally as well to know who we're talking to and know who's talking to us um, in light of different things.
2: Camp, yeah. come up here. There's another seat and uh, join
0: us. Don't you appreciate the fact that here's a gentleman? I know he's emeritus with the fellowship, but he's still a busy man. And he chose to come and, and not just be here, but to spend the whole time with us. Don't you appreciate that? Pastor Anna?
3: Um In like he was saying, respect is so crucial um, all the way around. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. We were taught to respect our elders. Okay. And um, if my parents found out that I and it's different now, but I'm just saying Mary my dad said, what did you call her? I mean Miss Mary. Seriously or, huh? What did you say? Yes sir sir, yes ma'am it's different, but it was good and at least with a little more stuffiness it helped you to um. not put your get too loose because you can get too loose with authority and you go call the president hey uh, you know Donald or uh, uh, Barack you know hey what's up Barack you don't do that, he said Mr. President well, well, well hey we're in the kingdom this is, this is a a, a rock, uh, 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 God uh, um, Institute and an entity, and so we should respect. And when we respect God, respect ourselves, then it's easy to respect others. The vertical, the horizontal. Mm-hmm. If the vertical, is you and I tell women, if you don't respect, if you date a man, don't respect God and fear God, and he, and he will not respect you. And so it starts there. It comes to the heart, and then it goes left, right.
2: The, um, that was a book uh, they just um, I just ordered it. I haven't read it yet. called The Last Christian Generation. And, and what it, 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 the girl was kind of giving me some information about it. One of the things that they were saying is how it, in our generation, like my wife just said, is that we wanted to respect and honor our parents. They get that respect, this new generation get their respect from each other. And so it's a whole different uh, ballgame. They don't really have something to look up to. They have to look across to each other. And so they end up missing a lot that could be passed on to them because of That's what happened with this uh, merger that I tried to do with a young man who was 33 years of age. And because of his age, he uh, he had a spirit of entitlement. Mm Mm-hmm. He felt that uh, because I am my age, I should just give him this building that cost multiple millions of dollars. I should just give it over to him and let him have it <laughs> because he's young and I'm old. Yeah, and that's, that's true. Yes, and that's the kind of uh, uh, disrespect. And, 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 and uh, so it was impossible for us to do what even across race, uh, when we in, we weren't even across race, we were in the same race because we were across generations it was difficult for us to come together and have a, a meeting of the mind. Uh, he put together a, a merger service for all of us to come together. In that merger service, me, my wife, and none of the people in my church was involved with all his church. So that's not a merger. <laughs> that's a takeover. <laughs> and so that was the uh, uh, kind of attitude. And So I was so impressed about uh, this couple of men and their ability to to do what they've done, because that's nature. Yeah.
3: I think respect and being humble, because when you respect, you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and who God in the physical manifestation has brought in your life. Bishop was there to teach him and to develop. The gentleman came to us because he he didn't even know how to license his ministry, and he had ministers
2: other thing that they brought out that was so important, because I, I sat down with him and told him that as well. and he, he, uh, There was another church that tried to do a merger, and I said, and it didn't work either. And I told him why. I said, the reason it didn't work, they were trying to do a co-pastoring. I said, anytime you have more than one head, you have a freak. People go to a circus, you see a freak. And that's what it does when anything is multi-headed. It's got to be one individual that said the book stops here. And that's what I think that's why you guys are being that. All
0: right, any uh, other thoughts, comments?
2: No? I don't know if might be with you, have, but it was a thought I wanted to make sure I shared. Um, I was doing, I was talking about this yesterday, um, and I appreciated what you said, brother. Um, Remind me an experience I had with my daughter of, um, let's be real quick. Um, she had a senior in high school, she had a friend that was uh, was, was gay, and she had to drive back for from a school to took for three hours. And she couldn't drive, and she said, can I stay at your house? And I know your dad's a pastor, you have a problem. She's like, you're a teenager, you can't drive three hours, of course he's gonna let you spend the night at my house. It's like her being gay had absolutely nothing to do with it. But um, one of the things I was sharing with Doug, I was saying, you know, had we talked differently our prior years in ministry about black people or white people or those youth, uh, this wouldn't work. If I had talked about other pastors, I'm always super critical of other pastors or every other pastor from the pulpit uh, and my ministry, neither call was this, wouldn't work because it wouldn't be genuine. Um, you know, uh, those things have to be real, folks. Um, um, my daughter never heard me use the N-word. We don't talk about people by race in, in my house. Um, I don't do that in my ministry. So when I come to talk about merging white people, it sounds like, why are you shifting all of a sudden? You know, it's this, been this consistent um, what the gospel says about God's people. Uh, and I think that's part of why, I Doctor Doug the thinking I think if he had uh, felt differently about black people. But all of a sudden, hey, I got a black friend I want to merge with. It wouldn't be genuine. I think people would pick up on it. So I think that's uh, that's real important to think about how we do these things. Is what's in you? Because, you know, you talk about going forward and diversity and unity. It's like, okay, what's in you first before so you go and go out and get your a black friend? Uh, are you ready for that? Did I hear you right when you said that? Um, Everyone in your church voted yes, and everyone in your church voted yes. You had a hundred percent buy-in by everybody. You know I, that that impresses me significantly because I you mean know, it's hard to get husbands and wives to agree about. Yeah, right. But and, and you're talking about a major transition, and, and that tells me that you guys uh, you you did a lot of preliminary work in talking to your people to get the buy-in. And and I can just tell you from personal experience that whenever I have a sense of uh, where there's change coming and that I need to lead the church into this change, if I rush into it before I get by it, it's always turns out bad. And um, and and you know what we're talking about even this weekend, not only what uh, you guys have been sharing with us about your experience, but even about. Uh, Becoming multicultural, multiracial congregations, we've got to work first with our leadership teams and our churches to help them understand how we do this and and work together and get buy-in from them. So that so that what uh, uh, our speaker said last night that one of the key things about uh, churches that are successful is that when people come in that look different or maybe act different, but they feel at home, they they feel welcome, there's that sense of this is a safe place and a good place, and that's going to come because we prepare the hearts of our people. This uh, This has been a very, very beneficial and interesting session, particularly to me. I've been involved in in succession and also in mergers. Uh, and there's, there's some takeaways that I think are really, really important here today. One of the things is, is the time of the building of the relationship between Doug and Melvin that took place long before the merger. I'm interested, and I, I know you said it, but uh, you, you got to help me remember this. How long have you guys been working on your personal relationship before this merger thing came about? You already said over 20 years. Uh, that's, and, and, and what happened is those two congregations, and I, I'm with you, man. Have you ever seen anything 100% in your life? And, and and those two congregations were able to respond to what they saw in their leaders, and typically your membership gets their signal from you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: The second thing that is really important here, and my brother here touched on it, is the tremendous law of process. You guys process your people. If you took Maxwell's book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and you decided that you're going to throw all of them away but one, but you will perfect the one and you kept the law of process, you still will be successful. What people, what you process with people, people possess. My wife helped me many, many years ago. We would sit in an elders' meeting and we would process for months what we were going to do as a church. I would get up on Sunday morning and do an absolutely incredibly anointed presentation to the congregation, and they would sit there and look at me. And I would get in the car and I said, You know, that is the slowest group I have ever dealt with in my life. How can this be? She said, Let me help you, big boy. He said, you and that group of elders have been working on this six months. You want us to get it in 22 minutes. You need to rethink that. Boy, that was the Holy Ghost, let me tell you. I think think, think there's some powerful takeaways from what we've heard here today. One of them, of course, is the relationship. You heard me say it. I've said it all over the world. The, The most important thing in your life is the relationship, whether it be a succession, be a merger, it's the relationship between the principles involved. If that's not right, I'm telling you, it's gonna fail. God help me, and I'm still above ground. I merged, I merged three Christian schools in my city. Our school, two other schools. You haven't lived, honey, until you put three families in the same house. Mean that it was uh, meeting with three different school boards, and uh, but but I felt like God spoke to us. We had an opportunity to demonstrate a tremendous uh, unity to that community and a diversity to that community. And thank God, this has been many years ago, and uh, it's still going, it's the merch is still there, and interestingly enough, they they debated about what are we going to call this new school. How many of you know everybody wants their name on the school, their name on the school, their name on the school. I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, how about Union Christian Academy? I mean, that's what we're doing. And thank God, God helped us with that. So there's some powerful, Dennis, I want to commend you, man. This has been a great session. And uh, if you're thinking thinking merger or you're thinking succession, you need to really think through what we've heard here today and you you got I mean you you've been to a great you've been to a great class this morning. I wanna I wanna commend you, Melvin and Doug. And I got to visit with, with Sue, and I haven't met you you're married? I haven't met Sue. You're, you're not married. Okay. I met met Sue today and, and really I in my short visit with them, the best thing's ever happened to Doug other than Jesus probably is right here. So I think we need to give these folks a hand one more time. That's incredible. <laughs> think about for a couple of days for sure, including sessions we that. had. The thought that popped in my mind when they were describing the the relationship for 20 years or so and uh, some of us have had uh, the opportunity to go from one church to another church as pastors and you just sort of dropped in out of an airplane into the middle of people who know nothing about you you know nothing about them. There's no 20 year relationship building and so um, you know, we probably want to help with that, too, as we go forward. Uh, the diversity thing, and I've shared this with you before, Brother Dennis, uh, um, we're not all in multi-race communities, but there sure is a lot of diversity in our communities. We do a monthly uh, thing, called Street talk, we go out and sidewalk and door-to-door to door
1: Some are better off in terms of family context than others. Uh, they, you know, every town seems to have its right side, wrong side of the track
2: issues and all of that, and uh, that really can into our churches as well, where we've sort of had these seemingly natural barriers of, uh, well, we're, we're for this part of the town and this church is for that part of town. And literally 99 point, uh, I think it's the last time, and 99.8% white. So uh, we have a different kind of diversity that we're dealing with in, in that way. But, so if you're here today and you're thinking, my community is a mix, there's still things to pray about, to think about, to work on. Like the word reconciliation, uh, I've always kind of worked off the definition of it as just thoroughly changed. not just, you know, let's hold hands and sing kumbaya. We're, We're saying, what can we do to nurture, to shepherd, to minister, to proclaim a change Statement. I I think that one of the greatest challenges facing churches today is to effectively navigate keeping a church multi-generational. That is extremely difficult today, and that is a fine line. And how do you how do you keep the? I can say this because I'm one of them. How do you keep the old? the older guys to leave because that's your money walking out the door. I mean, we're, we're a group of, green, I mean, we're a tough crowd. We're the Green Berets. We stayed for the last day. We can be candid right here. Uh, I mean, young leaders, I work with young leaders everywhere. I try to say to guys, think this through. These guys are paying the bills. And so you need you need that. The Bible, the Bible is not a, does, does not portray God's people as being a single generation Multi-generational concept, and that's the the challenge in diversity, right there. I promise you. All
0: right, it's uh, almost—we're five minutes past where we wanted to dismiss, and we have one person that hasn't even said a word, and I want to hear from Shelley before we dismiss. All right? There's a reason we haven't
3: heard a word because I can't speak too loud. I have a sore throat. I do. Um, I think for speaking for my husband and myself and our church, uh, a number of years ago, our youngest son started a ministry in Jackson, and it was uh, about 20 miles from our church. And he he was dealing with many different races and um, a lot of black children, and he came to a point in his ministry where he Many of these children don't have any church to go to, and he says, "I want to bring them." Well, without any preparation on our part, he brought the children, and it was a mess. (laughs) It was a mess because we didn't know how to deal with the children. They came without parents. Um, They came from their culture, and we we really botched it really bad. And I I still feel really bad about that. But we grew and we learned through it. So um, I just really want to commend Doug and Melvin for the awesome job that they have done and impressing upon us the importance of relationship. You know, it's relationship in anything that we do. And you have exhibited great relationship and um, great role models. Thank you so much.
0: Wow. All right, so I'm going to dismiss you, and I'm going to trust you, Children. Trust you to come back here just before 1030, all right? So you've got now about, what, 20 minutes, and uh, you don't have to go into the gym. I think they brought coffee out here like yesterday. <laughs> you can mingle out here in the hallway. You just can't bring the drink in.